welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange, formerly the She Yearns podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to be with you today. I want to start with telling you a little story. As a college freshman, my friend Holly and her bestie were walking over to the boys' dorm to visit the bestie's boyfriend. But just as they were about to enter the front door, some hooligans on the roof drenched them with some water. It was an encounter that was not quickly forgotten. Holly ended up marrying one of those said hooligans. Turns out he's a great guy. Just having a little fun. (laughs) Sometimes you and I have experiences like that that make a lasting impression that become significant life-altering markers in our lives. That's what we're talking about today. We will use Moses and his burning bush experience for our focus. I'm going to offer five keys to experiencing a burning bush. Now, do I really expect you to happen upon a bush that will not burn up with the God of the universe waiting to speak to you out of it? Well, no. In fact, I do not. (laughs) But I absolutely anticipate you will encounter the God of the universe in a meaningful way that alters life from time to time. It won't be some kind of new revelation from heaven, some kind of secret message no one else knows. But I'm talking about personal interactions from a heavenly father divinely ordering and orchestrating the life and work of his child in a way she can understand it. Most often this comes through the word of God. Leaps off the page to you and you know that it's meant in your circumstance something you've been praying about and it just leaps off the page to you. But it also comes through his people and in your situations. Sometimes you just know that that is how he's speaking to you. But today I'm referring to these encounters as sort of burning bush experiences, the kind you can look back on and say at that moment, in that time, or in that situation, or those verses, or at that particular conference, or when I read that paragraph in that book, I knew that that was a life-changing moment in this particular area of my life, or that's when we started X or left Y to do Z. These are just markers in your life. It's really important that we don't miss them. Moses provides us with a perfect example. He had felt the tug to lead, the injustice of how the Hebrew people had been treated. He possessed the will to do something about it. But his timing and his methods were off. So he flees Egypt. He stays in the desert 40 years until the day he sees something strange. A bush that's on fire that doesn't burn up. And that's where we find him in Exodus 3 in the first verse. Now, Moses was keeping flock with his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. So the first key I want to emphasize is to pay attention. Moses was out in the desert doing what he did every day. He simply paid attention to his surroundings. And that's really important. The same can be true for you and me. God can get our attention using anything. We can be at the grocery store. We can be on a lonely Texas highway or 
You can be just watching kids play on the playground. Wherever you find yourself doing everyday normal things, God can use that situation or circumstance. It doesn't have to be anything out of the ordinary. It didn't have to be a burning bush for Moses, but it had to be something that would get that man's attention. And that's how God works. Sometimes it is easier to get our attention when we're somewhat unplugged from the norm. It's not really that God speaks more at events or at a conference or in the mountains. We just tend to put other things aside long enough to hear better. We come expectant when we show up in those kind of situations more than we show up to these normal activities. But herein lies the key. We, we put ourselves in positions to pay attention. He wants our attention. You and I really have no idea what his agenda is until we give him our attention. So we want to make sure we do that. When the Lord saw that he had turned to see, God called to him out of the bush. See, that's how it works. That's the next line we have in scripture. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God then called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And then Moses responds, here I am. And that's where he says, you know, take your sandals off. You're standing on holy ground. And he says who he is. I'm the God of your fathers and that kind of thing. Then he tells him what the mission is. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That leads us to the second key. Be willing to listen to God's plan for your life. That is the second key to experiencing these burning bush moments. Moses was in the middle of regular life here. Now, he could have raised his family, honoring God out there in the desert. Ho-hum. That's what everybody else would have been doing. Nobody else was looking into fiery bushes. Nobody else was taking the time to stop and do that. Instead, Moses stops, looks, and listens, and he got to experience all those miracles, all that closeness with God himself, being in the cleft of the rock and getting to see the back of God, so much so that his face glowed from the reflection of the glory of God on himself. Yes, there was all that wilderness and yes, the death threats and the disappointments. But at the transfiguration of the very Son of God, Moses is right there. He could have set it out and said, I think I'm just going to keep my day job if it's all right with you. It's the secure, respectable thing to do. I need to look out for the welfare of my family here. Thanks. But I tried to do that whole saving the people thing before. It didn't work out. I appreciate the offer, Lord, but I think I'm going to set this one out. In the middle of regular life is often where God speaks. We don't want to miss it. Hearing his plan for our lives over our own is the difference between a burning bush moment and plain old mediocrity. And we need to be willing to listen to what God has to say to us about his plans over our own. That is tremendous. And that's the that's the deal maker right there. The next verses seven through nine say, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. The third key is that your burning bush invitation is not really about you. <laughs> Basically, God is communicating to Moses that he's watching, and he's listening, and he's had enough. 
His people need a deliverer. He has prepared the right person for the job for 80 years. It's time. Moses, you're ready, so let's go. Because he can't take it anymore. He can't take their suffering anymore. Nowhere is the calling about Moses. Nowhere. Somehow you and I get caught up and twisted and getting picked for the team captain or whatever kind of position we get to do is about us when it's really not about us at all. God's people were suffering and he could bear it no longer. Today, he is still moved by pain and suffering and great need. God's not moved by our Instagram following and our need to be in the front and raise our numbers. He will establish a burning bush, cause you to stop and consider it, not because of your talents and abilities to make you great, but because there is tremendous need he intends to meet. Consider, he says, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you. The next one is to stop disqualifying yourself. Moses keeps trying to get out of the mission by showing God all the reasons he's picked a bad leader with the litany of I can'ts. He's tried to be the deliverer before, 40 years earlier, but he failed. Moses was rejected, and if being at the height of his game physically, then, while in a position of influence in the court, perfectly placed did not work, 40 years in the desert surely couldn't have done him any favors. No one now even was going to know who he was. He's just an old man. No, any confidence he had that he could have been the man for the job was no longer there. It was gone. He was not fit for the job in any capacity whatsoever. Don't we tend to give God the same list when it's our turn? But how did God see it? Because God doesn't see it the way you and I see it. The deliverer for this situation would need to be someone who could speak unhindered on the same level with a prince of Egypt. And guess who had grown up as a prince of Egypt? Hmm. That would be Moses. Not intimidated by his surroundings at all. Someone familiar with the etiquette, the language, the formalities, the beliefs, the palace workings, the relationships between the Egyptians and the Hebrew people. At the same time, it would need to be someone respected by the Hebrew elders, morally upright, able to lead, not simply an Egyptian, but also a Hebrew, immovable under pressure, who knew the desert and also knew how to herd wanderers. Hear this, my companions feeling especially unqualified for that which God has called you to do. We cannot let our fear cause us to shrink back when God's call is clear, even when the task ahead looks impossible and way, way out of our league. He says to Moses, you will not be unfit since I will be with you. My presence makes you fit for the job. That's the same for you and me today as his presence makes you fit for whatever he calls you out to do. I cannot say that your pieces will all fit together. Here, God is assuring us that when he ordains us to trust him, to step out in an area, to completely rely on him for what we cannot do, it's not a fool's errand. Verse 13, he continues, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, 
I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. The fifth key is to go with who you know. Moses is caught up in getting straight on whose authority he is going on behalf of. I mean, who is this in the burning bush? This is really the smartest thing he does. Know who you're dealing with. I see people on social media sort of flippantly posting their Bibles with all the colors colored in and beautifully arrayed photographs of themselves or with a verse or a quote. Now, I'm not against a post with a verse or a quote or even the person in it. I'm, I'm not against that. But there needs to be evidence in that feed of a transformative relationship with a God who wants to be known, not just a bunch of selfies with a beautiful wall. I love what Moses says after all the plagues, the crossing of the sea, getting water from a rock, writing on the tablets with the finger of God, having to veil himself because he's glowing from being in the presence of God, the manna, seeing the very back of God, after defeating enemies, with his arm in the air, after all the death threats. And when it's all done, and Moses pleaded with God to let him please go to the promised land. Why? On what basis? On what basis is he pleading with God to let him in? And this is what he says in Deuteronomy. And I pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country and Lebanon. Moses felt like after all that time, he was just catching a glimpse. Can you even imagine? That is what is available to you and me. Your God wants you to know him as deeply as he can possibly be known in your time here on this planet. And from the get-go, Moses gets this right. Who is it that I should say is sending me? I need to know you. Who are you? What is your name? I need to know you more. God is faithful to answer that request. And from that moment, began to reveal himself more and more as Moses could receive it. That's how it works with you and with me also. Moses went with who he knew and what he was asked to do. He went in his weakness, his imperfection, his absolute lack on the little that he knew with the limited relationship with the God he believed. Therefore, he didn't miss his burning bush experience. But listen, he very easily could have. That's the point you and I need not to miss. He easily could have missed it. If he had not paid attention, if he had not been willing to let go of his own plans, if he had focused on his own deficiencies instead of trusting that God could work through them, or if he had refused to go with the one he knew, he would have lived a fine desert life. Seize your burning bush moments. Pay attention. Put your agendas aside to listen to God's plan for your life. Trust in your God to qualify you to do what you cannot. You can do this and find out who he is and go with him every day. And you, sister, will not leave anything God has for you on the table. Okay, here's what I'm asking you to do. If you have any experience with a burning bush kind of moment, please post your experience with this podcast on social media or anywhere you can find it 
because it's going to benefit somebody. You have no idea. Sometimes we are feeling so alone and we do not know that other people have gone through similar circumstances and you may have exactly the anecdote or story or testimony that they need to move them from point A to point B. So please be bold enough to do that and don't hesitate. Uh, We really need each other. This is called community and we live in community. So I'm asking you to do that. Seize your moment here to be bold and share with one another. Thanks for doing that in advance. You are in store for some great burning bush moments and I cannot wait to hear about it. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week. I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier to make sure you get it. Please remember, rate, review, and share the podcast. You're the one that makes the impact. And you never understand the difference your suggestion could make in the life of another person just by recommending and sharing the resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify. It's so easy. Or put it in your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there's more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheyearns.com where you're going to find reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources, more than there's ever been before, to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Cherry Strange. It is always a pleasure to meet you here.